0: One of the questions that always challenges us is the question of authority. As a child growing up in the turbulent 1960s and 70s, it was commonplace and characteristic of my generation to not just question authority, but to challenge it at all levels whether it was at the school, civil, religious, even parental. It kind of became our marching orders. If you didn't challenge authority, you were somehow failing to be you. Rules and laws were intentionally broken, and we witnessed incident after incident, Of planned civil disobedience, demonstrations and sit-ins, a revolt against the draft, the destruction of property, violence and riots in the cities, and even death. The shootings at Kent State and the assassination of Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr they shocked the nation Vietnam and Watergate they became the poster children for the abuse of authority and the breakdown of order which had brought peace and prosperity to the nation was now in disarray in the institutions which had guided the society for decades were now thought to be evil. Even the family was under attack as children sued their parents and the courts denied parents their rightful authority to decide how to raise their children. All authority was beginning to be concentrated into the individual And you weren't really free unless you had complete control over everything from birth to death and all living between. Forty years later, we're still asking the same question about authority. But we've kind of changed the terminology a little bit. And we couch it in the phrase, the right. Today's questions are about the government's right to impose its will in health care, a woman's right to kill the child in her womb, the right to decide when I want to end my own life, the rights of people to redefine marriage, and the right to practice one's own religion. See, exercising a right is exercising one's authority. We may think this is a relatively new phenomenon, but it is really a question which has haunted humankind since our creation. It is a question which is at the very root of our beings. We need to know what is authority? And what purpose does it serve? Who has authority? And how am I supposed to respond to that authority? As I thought about these questions, I wondered where I could look to find help me find the answers. So ironically, I had to turn to an authoritative source or sources. And I first looked at my trusty dictionary to help me understand the definition of the term. And obviously it speaks about a power or a right to command and to enforce laws. It also implies an ability to transfer that power to another person. But hidden deep in the definition is a connection to its root word Aktor, which means author or creator so the right or power to command it's inherent to the person who is the author or creator today's gospel we hear the people remarking about Jesus as one who teaches with authority and how he has the power to command even unclean spirits. Jesus is acknowledged as the one who has authority, one who even the powers of nature and the powers beyond our human limits obey. Jesus, he has this authority because he is God. And through him, all things are created. As author and creator of life, Jesus has all authority and all power. Even the power over death. We acknowledge that belief every week when we profess our creed. But I was still left with the question of what purpose does all of this authority serve? So here I looked at the catechism of the church to understand how it is that the church understands the role and responsibility of authority. In paragraph 1903, the Catechism teaches that authority is legitimately exercised only when it seeks the common good of the group concerned, and if it employs morally acceptable means to attain it. So taking all of this into account, one comes to understand that authority is the proper right of our Creator and it is used to serve the common good. Now, reflecting upon the life of Jesus, His teachings and His actions, we see that He always uses His authority for our good. He heals us and He strengthens us And he forgives us when we sin and fail. Most importantly, Jesus teaches us one more lesson about authority. In the garden, before his passion, he teaches us that all authority is obedient to the will of God the Father. So now how does this affect you and me? In a couple of weeks, we will be celebrating the season of Lent. And it's a time the church sets aside for us to pray and reflect more deeply about the gift of our salvation. It is a time, perhaps, to think about who is the authority in my life. Who always seeks my good? And what is my relationship and my response to that authority? Am I truly being obedient to God? And am I being obedient to the church He established and to whom He empowered? to exercise his authority here on Earth. Now, obedience to rightful authority, it often goes against our sense of self-importance, but true obedience, it's not coerced or forced upon us. It's not the old adage Pray, pay, and obey. That's not what I'm talking about. True obedience is an act of our free will. You see, God never twists our arm, our obedience is a loving choice we must freely make. God is the source of all goodness and love, and the creator of all that is visible and invisible is worthy of our obedience. May we make Jesus' prayer our prayer. Not my will, Father, but yours be done.